You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. All right, everyone, welcome to the Seeking Excellence podcast. I'm very excited today to have with me my man, Father Chase Hildenbrink. Father Chase is our Seeking Excellence team chaplain. Much, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's against his will. It's just that he was never asked to. He's just kind of designated by myself to be our team chaplain because he's one of my favorite priests in America. Quickly, I think you're, you know, you rose, you rose to the ranks pretty quick. Hey, man, I'm, I'm flattered by that. Yo, seriously, I found out like five minutes ago that I am the chaplain of Seeking Excellence. <laughs> and, uh, That's right. And I'm, and I'm totally cool with that. You know, I haven't, I haven't There's found that. out what my, my duties are, but if it's, know, keeping, if it's keeping this man holy, I'm on it. That's right, which is, which is no easy task. That's why I think you're the man for the job. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, to tell somebody that, that you have a, a major role right before you're about to record a podcast is a bold move, but I like to live bold. You know, I live boldly. So that's where we're at. So I got to meet Father Chase actually at Mount St. Mary's University when I was a freshman. Yeah, when I was a freshman, you had three years, three years left when I got there to the Mount. And so we got to spend three years together while I was in college and he was at the seminary at the Mount. And so we got, got to play basketball against each other a lot, which is where we really kind of really formed a rivalry before we formed a friendship. But I, was always, I always admired your competitive spirit, but the way that you were able to be a man of character, a man of grace while doing so, which I had not at that point in my life mastered for sure. <laughs> As I'm sure you remember. I'm not, uh, yo, I was, you know, in seminary, anybody will tell you I was a work in progress myself. I mean, just coming sure. off of, of, of my own uh, time and playing soccer and, and still not, not having, not mastered that, that competitive spirit or, or how to yeah. live that virtuously. Like that's something they don't teach you, you know, and that's, yeah. that's something that I'm passionate about now. And maybe we can get into that, but that's, you know, of, of living sports virtuously and, and knowing how to harness, you know, the goodness of, of, of our passion yeah. and, and in the best way possible. But certainly I was a work in progress back then too. And I know that I'm not always proud of, of, <laughs> of the way Everything. that we battled on the, on the court, but it was, <laughs> I remember it, I remember it fondly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And I don't want to go too far off topic, but that is a very interesting thing. I think is, is a lot of times I remember people getting on me about that, which I was, I always appreciate people holding me to a higher standard, but 
uh, people have to understand that, yeah, you're, you're flawed, even as a spiritual leader. And I remember people coming to me and be sure. like, seminarians, this guy's, you know, it's like, dude, he's, he's a human, you know, like he's just a guy. Just because right. he wears a cop in the day doesn't mean you can't get pissed off, you know. Um, but <laughs> I think that's kind of leads into what we did like after college. So we didn't talk for a couple of years. And then I, oh, I think like four years. And then I started doing the holy happy hours, as, as a lot of people know, during quarantine. And when, when brainstorming, of course, when I'm brainstorming, who do I want to have? What priest guests can I have in my holy happy hours? I'm thinking of one of my top five priests in America. You know, I got to go with Father Chase. So I hit Father Chase up, gave him a phone call. Of course, he ignored it, even though he had my number saved, I believe. And then he was like, you know, I was at, I was at a, I was at a dinner with some of my priest buddies and I That's saw right. this, this name come up and it, it didn't, it didn't like ring a bell. I'm like, who, I haven't seen this name in, in, in years. And so of course I was at dinner. I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer, but I wasn't, I wasn't screening the call, but as soon yeah, as I saw it, I was, I was excited to call back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was awesome. And then we did the, we did the Holy Happy Hour with, with Josie Coleman, which was awesome. We had a great time. We talked a lot about what we're talking okay. about now with the virtues and virtue and sports and things like that. But if you would just kind of give give the people a, a little background, this is your this is your introduction episode, introduction to the team, introduction to the <laughs> podcast. You know, we're, our goal is to have Fridays with Father and to to kind of rotate back and forth between you and and our one of our board members, uh, Father Jonathan Meyer, who's a, I know another another mutual friend that we have, and so uh, we'll, we'll be having you on here regularly, and just want to introduce you first to to our listeners and the people that will be checking us out. Yeah, man, this is the story of how I became the Seeking Excellence Chaplain. <laughs> That's the tale. <laughs> this now is the, the peak story. of your it's bio. A, usually people, people often ask me for my vocation story, but now I'm going to start telling it like this. This is yeah. how I became Chaplain of Seeking, Seeking Excellence. Excellence. That's huge. Hey, I, you know, I grew up in Illinois. Um, this is where I'm at right now as a priest. I, I came back to the Diocese of Peoria as a priest, but I, I was gone from here for, for, for a long time. I, I grew up you know, with a great passion. And, and today we're, we're talking about some of our passions and, 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 and why we do what we do. And back then, you know, my, my why, my, my reason for being, I thought, I thought that my reason to, to be on this earth was to be an athlete. You know, I wanted greatness just like anybody else. And, and, and I perceived greatness in sports. I perceived greatness specifically in one man named Michael Jordan growing up in Illinois, just this, uh, just South of Chicago. And, and seeing that greatness, that's, that, that was my example of greatness. And so I started to seek that. And thanks be to God, you know, I had, I had parents who, um, who both have great athletic ability and, and, and were good in their own sports. And then recognizing that I had a natural ability to do this. So it just made sense that that's, that's, that's kind of who I was. That's, that's, what, that's what I perceived my, my identity as, as being an athlete. A long story short is that I, I had some success in high school. I became a high school All-American. I played for the U.S. national team. Um, and, and that's where I got a lot of attention from, from colleges. And, and, and then my, my why became, you know, to, to, to have a college scholarship and play, you know, college soccer, which I did at Clemson university. And, um, that was probably one of the, the best decisions that I've made is, is to play in the ACC and specifically to play at Clemson university and, and to grow there. Some of my, my greatest friendships, but that was a, a place where for the very first time I asked that one big question, as I tell college students today, it was, it was probably the most important decision I've made in my entire life, which was um, to be a practicing Catholic and to decide that on my own. You know, I, I inherited the Catholic faith from my, from my parents, but I had a lot of questions, you know, about why I should do this, why I should continue it. And I was looking forward to that independence of college and, and being my own man. But I came to it, to the realization that I desired to be a Christian. I desired to, to practice my faith, even though I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to tell anybody else about it. I, I, I kind of kept to myself and, and, and wasn't always proud of that. Um, experience, but I knew that I wanted it for myself. Yeah, it's a start. And um, 
right and 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 that's that's what we're asking everybody is just find your start you know yeah and, and get and, started uh, and, yeah and what, what is what is the next step i often ask that question what is the next step that's all we mm. need to know we don't need to know uh you know uh, a year from now we just need to know tomorrow what am i going to do you know yep. but um but that 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 sent me on another path you know the as soon as I graduated, I, I, I had an opportunity to move to South America, to the country of Chile. And that's the place where um, I started to play professional soccer. And that was, that was fulfilling my, my ultimate dream, you know, playing in another country, uh, a place where, where soccer is the sport, the only sport. It doesn't compete with other sports uh, like we do here in America and, and our like fourth tier sport that, that doesn't feel stadiums. And, you know, I mean, but it was amazing to have that experience. I played there for four years and, and it was really while I was there almost almost immediately when I arrived there um, that that my decision to be a, a practicing Catholic and, and, to, and to seek out Jesus in, in, the, in the tabernacle was maybe the best decision that that that, I, that I've made because I was I was able to find him there. I was able to find him no matter where I was. And and immediately as I started praying, um, I felt this call to the priesthood. I put it off for as long as I, I could. I, I never wanted to be a priest, um, even when I felt called to be a priest. And uh, there's a lot to that story in just those those short four years, you know, or long four years that sure. I was in Chile um, that, that we could go into. But over time, the Lord started, uh, his grace started breaking down some of those those barriers, those walls, that those excuses that I had for, for not ultimately doing his will. And and by the time that I was leaving Chile, I was already applying to seminary. And, and uh, I came back to the United States, played a year in Major League Soccer, the New England Revolution and and uh, quit um, and retired mid-season uh, to enter Mount wow. St. Mary Seminary and, and, and start that path. Wow. And then we met and then I became your chaplain. And, the <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and then you peaked, yeah, that year yeah. 2011. Then I peaked. Yeah, <laughs> well, we met. That's amazing, yeah. And then you were in seminary, you were at the Mount for seven years, correct? Six years, yeah. Six years? Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't hold me back in the end. They thought they were going to have to, but I, I went straight through six years, man. Right. And obviously now you sure you <laughs> serve as the, the full-time Seeking Excellence chapter, but what, do you, what is your other job? You have another job, I think. Yeah, you, my, you my part-time in. job is that I'm a priest <laughs> of the Diocese of Peoria, and uh, Peoria, Illinois, and, and I'm currently um, the assistant chaplain at the University of Illinois Catholic Newman Center, St. John's Catholic Newman Center. It's considered the, the largest uh, Newman Center in the country, and uh, it's, a, it's an amazing place to be. And I'm also uh, the assistant vocation director for the diocese now. Which is amazing. And God willing, I'll be coming to visit you there in, in about a month. Come on through. Another peak. Another, <laughs> another, peak. <laughs> another peak in the life of Father Chase. We love to hear it. Yeah, no, that's really great. Thank you for sharing all that. I think it's really helpful for people to kind of know more about you. You have a great story. And I would highly encourage people, the, uh, the Knights of Columbus did an amazing video uh, of your kind of your journey and your uh, conversion story and so I, I just always tell people just to google uh, your name on youtube and that video will come up and I, I can put that in the show notes as well because i think it's an awesome video and then people will get to see which people don't get the experience here on the podcast as they're just listening to us is that father chase is also the best looking priest in america so you know while you <laughs> might only be top five in my heart you are definitely number one in that ranking so i, I applaud you on that and never want to let that go that, man that's not something I'm, I'm trying to be known for i i can't help it i can't help it what is the topic for today that's right let's get into what, it so what are today, we doing today we're talking about uh one of our so father chase and myself and father meyer actually all three of us have a deep love for for simon sinek and his work especially in regards to leadership and so simon sinek has put out a lot of great stuff but one book that we kind of really hit it off you know talking about is, is start with why and so that book has a ton of different applications there's a lot to it 
And uh, we're, we're going to first kind of talk about how does it affect us as individuals. But first, Father Chase, if you would, let's just kick off with like, how, how, how did you feel when you read the book? Like, what were some of your breakthroughs and thoughts when you kind of got through that? Well, you know, what's funny is, is that, um, I mean, you, I, when I first saw this, it was actually the TED Talk. Like that, that's, that's oh, what, gotcha. where I first heard him. Like I, I was, I don't know what I was searching for, but I do. One of the things that I, I really love is seeing other leaders and, and, and their ideas. One of the things that I want to grow in is, is growing a, a vision, right? I always want to have good vision. I always, I, I desire a great clarity in, in my leadership. And it's something that I, I sometimes lack, especially as, as circumstances of life change, just like right now, like our, our circumstances are changing. So I always want to, to grow in clarity and in vision. And, and so, I don't know, I was, I was searching for something and this Ted talk came up. Right. And, um, and it was Simon Sinek. I'd never heard of him. Didn't know who he was. And, and maybe no one knew who he was before then, at least on right. a, a yeah, national no, scale and, and certainly not international. And I saw this Ted talk and it's still like number one or number two, all time Ted talk. And when I, when I listened to him, when I listened to him speak and, and I listened to him explain this thing, of course he was, he, he's, he's like a, a phenomenal mind. You can see that in him. He's like, he's like fun to, to listen to. He's not nerdy, but he's, he's like a, this phenomenal mind. Yeah. But also Very like insightful. my experience of him, my experience of him was like everything he said was true. You know, I have this, this, <laughs> yeah. this radar and, and, and the Lord put in our hearts, this radar for truth, right? Just yeah. like beauty and goodness as well. But like, I, I'm a truth seeker. Like that's how I came to like love my faith that's is, awesome. is through truth. And so when I heard this, I was like, this is not gospel, but this is truth, right? Yeah. Like I'm hearing truth out of a, a maybe a non-Christian's mouth or, or a man who certainly doesn't profess his faith, right? Publicly. But I'm hearing just simple truths being spoken to, to these huge crowds. And I'm like, I'm just, every time he says something, I say, yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and, and that's how it all began, like you know? Gospel so, choir. Right. <laughs> I, by the way, I love when, when people speak back when I'm, when I'm preaching, you know, just really? go ahead and say something. Oh yeah. No problem. At wow. all. Especially, you know, in the Hispanic crowds that I've been in, like yeah. I, I started out my priesthood in, in, a, in, a, in a predominantly Hispanic parish. And I, I thought I was asking rhetorical questions. I didn't know people would speak back. I was just a young priest and they, they just went off everything I asked. They answered. I was like, this is awesome. So, you know, anyway, I love that. But that is really cool. Um, what about you? Yeah. What is it, what is it that, that resonated with you or how, how did you develop this? Because this is not something that you and I knew about each other. This is just something that we, we found out later. Right. And I mean, I read the book. Yeah. I read the book three years ago. And so my experience with the book, I think the most interesting thing is that I read it in Afghanistan. I kind of like, I, I somewhat vividly remember like kind of where I was and like just reading it. I remember reading it on this like one combat outpost specifically, you know, and it was just kind of wild. And the book's super dirty still, you know, it's like got Afghan dirt on it. <laughs> which is awesome. But I, I mean, like you, like I've always loved, yeah, truth and, and studying leadership and just really understanding the, the principles or fundamentals of leadership. And I think it's one of the things that's really sad for me is how much people neglect wisdom that's out there in regards to leadership, personal growth, all these things, because, you know, I mean, that's like, that's our whole lives, right? Like I, I, one of the things we try to really encourage people to do is, is as you know, as our chaplain, is to be ambassadors of Christ and, and that we're meant to lead other people closer to God. And that's what evangelization is. Is leading people closer to God. So we have to have an understanding of, of these fundamentals, these basic principles of leadership, I think. And so I think that's what it was for me too. It's just kind of very eye-opening to the, the whole, the whole circles of, I forget what he calls the, the circles, you know, the golden circle, the, the golden, golden circle. circle. What would I do without you? 
So I hate <laughs> you know, the golden it. circle, let's describe it for people in case they've, they've not seen this Absolutely. or don't know, but, but the golden circle, it looks like a, if you could just imagine it in your mind and you could Google this too, but imagine your mind like a target, right? And that's the way he kind of draws it on the board. Yep. If you watch the Ted talk, he'll draw it for you on the whiteboard. But you know, it, the golden circle is that there's, there's three, basically three rings. The bullseye is, is, is the question that he says is the why, right? That, that is, that is the gold in the middle of the circle. And then around that is, is how, and then the third circle around that is the what, right? And basically what he does and the way that he describes this is he says that most companies in the world, and he's talking, you know, he's talking on a different level than we are. He's talking about the greatest companies in the world and, and leadership within those companies. And he says the most successful companies that he's ever studied, you know, don't, don't do business the way that other businesses do or their leaders don't think the way that, that the, the leaders in other businesses do. Right. And he says that most businesses start with that outer circle, that what, and they work their way towards the middle, right? And then they go from what to how to why. If they even and get to says, why. Well, right. Yeah. Right. And what he says is that every, every company knows what they do. Everybody knows what they do, right? And, and for instance, you know, he talks about computers, right? He says, we make computers. We're Dell, we're HP, we're, we're Apple, it doesn't matter. We make computers, that's what we do. Everybody knows that. And, and, and speaking of life, everybody knows what they do, right? And then he says, fewer people, however, in the company know how they do it. And it might even be secret, right? Like not, everybody might not know how they do what they do. Right. They just know what they do. But he says, the very few people, like very few people in any company know why they do it. Right? Yep. And he says, and that's the secret that the reason to do anything is not what or how the reason to do anything is why. Right. And he says, we have to invert that. And he says, the apples, the, the, the Southwest airlines, the, the, the Harley Davidson's, those, those biggest companies in the world that, that have the largest market share, the ones who are killing it, the ones who continue to reinvent themselves and, and come up with things that we haven't thought of and, and keep their customers happy are the ones who start with why mm -hmm. and work themselves. They, they work their, their way out of that circle. That's right. And he often says, you know, that people don't buy what you sell. They buy why you do it, you know? And I For think, sure. yeah, it's so, so big. And, and so I think that's so important, you know, to just kind of adopt these things. And I just want to hit on two things before we move on. And one is that one thing that I love about you and I love talking about these things with you is that so many Catholics, I think, are limit themselves to only reading Catholic books, you know, and it's like, yeah. There is no truth uh, just because they think that there's like no fullness of truth outside of the Catholic church doesn't mean there's no truth outside the Catholic church, you know, and even though it's not right. going to necessarily be theological or faith based, it doesn't mean there's not beneficial things for you to go out and check out outside of that. And the second thing is just that we really need to figure out for our own lives, how to apply some of these things to our lives, because the, the fundamental truth that you need to start with why you do it, you know, is, is true for everybody. It's universal, you know, and I think that it's, it's really sad to me how much we focus on from when people are really, really young about what do you want to be when you grow up or what do you want to do? What do you do for work? You know, like that's everybody's first question, you know, but when you really get to know somebody, when you know somebody's heart, when somebody's vulnerable and transparent when they're sharing their story, what you're understanding more is, is the why behind what they decide to do. And, and you know, like how much do you value? I, I mean, every listener and for you and for me, like how much do we value when people really seek to understand why we are the way that we are, why we think the way that we do, why we chose to do what we do, as opposed to just, I mean, I can think about that back in the army. Like somebody, like there's people say, what do you do in the army? Then people kind of ask like the how, you know, like how does that work? Like what is your day-to-day -day like? But then some people go even deeper. The people who want to know me the deepest are those who say, why'd you join the army? Why'd you choose to go infantry? Why'd you choose to go to this? You know what I mean? And it's the same thing when yeah. I worked at Dynamic Catholic or whatever I, I did in my life or whatever you do is like, oh, what do you do? Like, what's a priest? Oh, you're a priest, you know? 
how did you become that or whatever? And then it's kind of like, oh, why did you decide to do that? That's the deepest, most vulnerable point. And that's why I think a lot of people avoid that. But what was your journey kind of going through? I mean, this is great, great topic, you know, this individual one, since you just shared your story, but where along the line there, did you kind of really start to develop your why and your purpose for like your purpose for your own life? You know, I, I, another one of my, the authors that I really like who, um, who, who certainly is a great Catholic, but he doesn't, he doesn't always speak about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. He actually is a philosopher. His name is Dr. Peter Kreeft, right? Yeah. And, and, and Dr. Kreeft, like, again, I just hear truth coming out of his mouth. And I love it because it's, he's, he's, he's smart. I mean, my gosh, this dude, uh, he'll talk circles around us if we, if we were to get him on the show, right? But, <laughs> yeah, sure. um, but he'd be the someday, one, someday. you know, he, he, he always talks about every single person has a philosophy of life. Many of them don't know it. And maybe this is speaking to everything that we're talking about right now. Like, we all have a philosophy. We all have a why. We just have sure. to find out what that is. And I find that as I do discernment with other people, or as I'm, I'm mentoring, especially college students who, as Dynamic Catholic has proven, you know, are, are on the verge of either living their faith as true disciples or on the verge of leaving their faith for a yeah. long time, basically until they get married. Like, we're on the cutting edge. So oftentimes I'm asking that question, like, why, why, why do you do what you do? You know, and I asked that in many different ways. I, yeah. It's not as, as, as rigid as that question right there, but like basically in the confessional, I'm getting down to like, why, what, like, why do we go here? Why do you go? Like what, what motivates you? Right. So we all yeah. have that. That being said, as you know, when I was growing up, when you asked what, what was my why, my why has changed over time. That, yeah. that is what conversion is by the way. Right. Well, when our why changes, yeah. that wow. is conversion. Right. That, that is yep. the point when Paul gets blinded, falls off the horse. If he was ever on one, by the way, he falls off that horse, <laughs> is blinded. And all of a sudden, he, his, his, his philosophy of life changed. If we could use that word, his why changed. The reason he does anything changes. Yep. Right. The reason, you know, as we say, the reason you get up in the morning, the reason that, that you do anything, the reason that, 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 that you're motivated in life, that you have any hope. What is that? We should be asking that question. And that, that fosters that answer. But from, from an early age, my why was my, I saw greatness in athletics. Like my why to be on earth is to be a, a great athlete and to be known and loved in that capacity. That was my, that's, that motivated everything for me. Yeah. It motivated every, I would have, I would have given anything for that. I would have sold everything. I would have sold out I, no matter what. That was my why. Right. And, and I'd forsake the world for that. But there came a time when I finally got to a, a, a maturity in, in my life, and I'm sure it was a, a, an emotional maturity um, sure that was just natural, but I got to a level where I was, I was honest enough while I was playing professional soccer to, to, to be there and to say, this isn't enough. Like, what, what's next? Like my why, I'm living my why right now. Like the ultimate level of my why is to be a professional athlete, to be known and loved. Now that I'm here, it's this, this why doesn't suffice. Like what's wrong with my why? What's wrong? My, my reason for being is lacking. And again, that could be yeah. in a moment that was helpless. That was helplessness, right? But in the next moment, it was recognizing, wait a second. If God actually has a plan for my life and I can actually know what that plan is and he's inviting me to live in a new way, basically, you know, to repent and, and, and to follow him, and to make him my ultimate why and his, his mission, my ultimate why, then, then life changes forever, right? Mm-hmm. Then maybe there is something true about this. Maybe, maybe there is something there that can make me happy. So you, you asked me what was my why. My why has, has changed, but I feel like I've had two whys in life, two ultimate whys. 
and and now it's that I will forsake everything for the gospel. I will I, I will as I would do for sports earlier. I would now I would sell everything. I would forsake everything. I would even leave professional soccer to become a Catholic priest in order to live out that new why, right? Yeah. To make God known and loved. That's it. That's baller. Yeah. No, I absolutely love did it. Did you Did you experience that like in 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 the army? Like, I mean. Did you experience that? I mean, you, you have to be incredibly motivated to go down the path that you went. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think, you know, for me, I think the, the main difference, I think my conversion happened at a different point in my life. You know, like I, I kind of had, I, I mean, my whole purpose for going in the army was because I felt like God wanted me to, you know, I actually had somebody ask me about that today and had a conversation with a guy. He said, how did you, he, he was like ranger school, man. He's like, talk to me. Like, how did you get through that? Like, how did you motivate yourself? And I was like, dude, like to be perfectly honest with you, like my main thing, my first decision I ever really discerned in my life was going in the army. And so once I did that, I was kind of praying about it more and more like, all right, God, what do you want me to do in the army? And I feel like it was pretty obvious to me that he wanted me to go infantry. And then I was like, okay, well, infantry means ranger school, which is great. And it kind of like was a dream and a goal. But I was like, I didn't understand why until eventually I started to understand, you know, that one of the things, one of my favorite stories to tell is that my fall like the first semester and then into the second semester of senior year when I decided to go infantry I got infantry I had seen like I had been to seek I went to a bunch of different talks and stuff like that by guys and like the men were always talking about uh fighting and battle and we're warriors and all this stuff right that's always how you how you get the men is you just say oh we're like fighters battles war and all this stuff right <laughs> spiritual warfare you know like we got to protect and fight and I'll just look around and I'm just like what like especially when you have the guys who it's like, dude, you like, you've never seen a squat rack before. Like you've never, like, you wouldn't fight a paper bag, dude. You know what I mean? Like, and that happens and, and not everybody has to be a meathead. You know, I always like to clarify that. Not every, like, I understand now, especially that like manhood is not solely defined by how much you can bench. But I, I was just like, man, but who's really going out there to learn how battle actually works and like what warfare is and what the mind of a warrior actually looks like. And so that's when I started to realize like, Oh, like that's part like God was like, dude, I want you you to be one of those voices, you know, and I need you to go and do these things so that you can do that. And so when I'm in range school and I'm going through the suffering and the struggles of it, that was my purpose. And I realized while in ranger school, much of what similar to what you were saying is that there's certain things in your life that you're only, only the love for God will get you through them. You know, only the love of God will get you to keep going when, when things get a certain level of difficult, you know, like, I feel like it's the only one I, I would dedicate, you know, each day of ranger school to a different person and stuff like that. But I just remember getting the points where it was like, Lord, like you were the only person who I would do this for, you know what I mean? Was, wow. was for him. And it was very, very inspiring. And I really loved what you talked about with the philosophy of life, because I think that's so true. And philosophy is one of those things that people just neglect, you know, and that's part of the reason why we have the Spartan helmet in our new logo is because I love ancient Greece and I love ancient philosophy. And that was really one of the things that just absolutely changed my life. And one of my, I always say that I had two conversions. You know, I converted when I was 13. I became the first Catholic in my family and, and received the sacraments to join the church. But then I, that was like my emotional conversion, I always say. But when I got to college was when I was like, okay, now I want to know why I'm Catholic. I, it's not enough now just to be Catholic. And I didn't really have a good explanation. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't think I could defend it. I don't think I could explain to you why I actually chose to be Catholic. And I think that everybody needs to have that no matter what you are, right? So this isn't just applicable to Catholics, but anybody, like if, if you're Protestant, if you're Anglican, if you're Presbyterian, or if you're non-denominational, too many people decide where their salvation is going to come from and don't know why they're choosing that, which is just mind blowing to me. That's, I mean, think about, think about when you're, when somebody's going to get married, right? And, and you ask, why do you like this girl? Why do you like this guy? Why do you want to marry him or her? And, and the person just doesn't have an answer. Now that's, that's absurd, right? For marriage, but think of your salvation. Like 
your salvation, your your eternal your, your eternal story, the places you're going to, you know, bank on getting your salvation and eternity through, and not having a, a purpose or reason why you chose the one you chose, you know, and chose to go the way so, that you so did. Give us give us an example of that because I mean, dude, at 13, something was going like the Lord had your heart. Like yeah. who, who chooses to become a Catholic at 13 and being the only one in your family? I mean, usually the experience that we have is that, you know, parents want to convert. I've, I've seen that. And they're like the whole family converts right together right. with them. And it may not be like a free choice by the children, but like 13. Yeah. What, 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 what was it that motivated you? What did you see? What, why did you become a Catholic? Basically that's, that's what I'm asking. Why, do, why does a 13 year old become a Catholic? Yeah. I, at that point in my life, a lot of it was identity. You know, I think I was really struggling with my identity as a biracial kid, especially, you know, just like being black and white and feeling all the time like I was too black for the white kids and too white for the black kids and living in this very diverse neighborhood where I live, where I grew up and uh, just really not understanding who I was or what I was here for. And, and the church luckily gives us the answer to that question. You know, the church gives us our purpose. It gives us our identity. And I really liked what the church said about who I was. And so that was my first thing. And then I also wanted to receive the Eucharist. And I, I mean, it would be eight more years until I'd really be fully convinced of the true presence. But if you'd asked me at 13, if I believed in the true presence, I probably would have said yes. And I think I did just because that's what we were taught, you know? Um, but I think at that point, it was just really about me wanting to be a part of something greater than me and really me wanting to understand who I was in the eyes of God or in the eyes of somebody, you know, and I felt like the church was the only one really telling me who I was. And so for me, really, it was first identity. Later, it was kind of purpose and understanding the deeper reasons why and the, and the reasons for it, you know? And the purpose of the things that we did, because that's one of the things I think, you know, I think our, our next phase, we'll, we'll talk about this, so not yet, but just talking about how we fail as a church sometimes to really express that purpose. And I think that, that had a lot of negative impacts along my journey and a lot of setbacks because I didn't understand the purpose behind a lot of things. And so, yeah, sure. I think it was really, uh, really deep. But I think, I think we, it's easy to a certain extent, Father Chase, to understand why we have to have that purpose. You know, for me, I understand like, it's, it comes very clear, like, why should we choose to, to believe in God or not? It's like, well, eternity, you know what I mean? Like heaven or hell. And then you think, yeah. okay, why should we choose which denominations to follow? And it's like, well, because certain denominations offer a lot. Like if the, the Catholic Church is either right or wrong about having the true presence and having the ability to confess your sins and have them forgiven, you know, like that's a big deal. So like you should, you should decide whether or not you want to be a part of that. But sometimes we, we often forget too how important it is to have wise in other areas of our lives, you know, like, why yeah. I know for you, like uh, one of my favorite things about you, another one of my favorite things about you is your commitment to just like physical fitness and like your value of that. And like, so what is, what is the reason why you as a priest, because there's a lot of priests out there who are not very committed to physical fitness as you know, and I know <laughs> but why, like, why for you, like what, what is kind of your purpose behind continuing to do that and, and how, or what's the importance for people to still develop the, the why or the purpose behind other areas of life besides their spiritual lives? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, that, that is so important. I think that's what it comes down to is, is why is it important to know your why? I mean, how many times can we say why in this episode, but why is getting, it important be a world to record. know your why, right? Because of this, I believe it is because anything that, that we do, if we don't know the why we're in danger of losing it. Mm. Let me explain that. So if I just know what I do all the time, or if I know what is what is going on around me, or, or I, I I know that I, I love to play basketball, right? I, I know that I, I I go to mass, but I don't understand why I do it. I, I find this way, again, the, the analogy of, of college students and their faith, right? They know what they do. They know what mass is, right? Most of them have grown up in Catholic households, but will they be, you know, continuing to practice that faith? If they don't know why they're there, at some point you will leave. 
if we don't know why we do something, at some point we will grow bored, right? Yeah. We, we, at some point, that the what and the how will not be enough. It, it'll be a phase. It'll be a fad. It'll be, it'll be a time that we went through. Uh, just, you know, you know, the, it, you know, the church and, you know, it got me through, it got me through a tough time in college. I needed that, you know, uh, yeah. I, I don't need any more. Why not? Well, that's the question. Like what, what is the why behind that? So I think if we, if we never know the why, the purpose for which we're doing something, we are in danger of losing it. Right. And that, that gets to the, the, the necessity of evangelization because evangelization is the answer to why it is, it is the answer, right? So right. it's, it's, it's getting down to the point of, 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 of telling the answer of people's desire to know why, even if they're not asking the question. And so we have to get to that. Yeah. And, and you ask, why, why do I do what I do? I, you know, well, I'm so convicted of, of, of a mission driven life and that's because it's the why, right? Yeah. Like living a mission is living the why, right? That's why it's so important to have a clear, a clear mission. But that's, that's why I also work out. I could tell you that I, I, I work out because, you know, I, uh, my mom told me you better never be a fat priest. <laughs> right. Um, to, I'd like to jump right? on that too. You could say my mom and my friend Nathan told yeah. me to never be yeah, a fat priest. Nate. That will get, that's, that's right. the only thing I can think uh, of getting you fired from seeking excellence chaplain position is, is if you become <laughs> a fat priest. Cause we can't have that. But also, I mean, I can give you, I can give you many reasons. I, I feel good when I work out. Right. I, ha right. I, I, I pray better when I work out. I, I, my, my mind is sharper when I work. I mean, I can give you all these things, but ultimately what it's going to go back to of why I do all those things it, it is, is because I, I'm a temple of the Holy spirit, right? The Lord has given me life and, and, and I, I need to glorify him in everything that I do. Yep. And so my, my entire why is goes back from that day when I first realized that God had a plan for my life. And I said, if that was true, and if I could actually live that out, that, 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 that would be the ultimate mission of my life. And now that that's become my mission, everything has to be constructed around that why. Everything builds on that why, on that mission. So my physical fitness is part of that mission, right? Yep. It's no longer to have beach body because I don't even take my shirt off anymore. No one's going to see it, right? Like, I don't have to do that. My, my reason for working out is, is, is because God gave me this body and I know that it functions the best when I glorify him. And so I'm, I'm seeking that. That's it. Yeah. I, I asked you that question with, a, with an answer in mind, and I'm glad that you got to it. Uh, you, <laughs> you answered it correctly. So I'm very proud of you. But I, I think that, I think, you know, I wanted to use this as an example, as a specific example for people to start to break down the different areas of their lives, because I think that's so important. And that's what we try to promote here with our philosophies, with the seven pillars of excellence. Like the basic question there that, that, that you answered, and it was great, is why do we have our bodies? We have our bodies to glorify God. Okay. How can I glorify God to my body? Right. And that's what leads to chastity, but not just chastity it doesn't end there. Right. It means we also take care of your body. What does that look like? Nobody alive disputes the fact that if you were active, you're healthier, you know, like there's no, but, but for some reason, like as Catholics, like we are, especially I, I should say amongst highly engaged Catholics, because I think you have Catholics that are either on one side or the other of this, either they're very into fitness and exercise and nutrition but aren't as into the chastity aspect of, of taking care of our bodies. Or you have people who are very, very pro-chastity, want to talk about it all the time. It's what they want to write about, all that stuff. <laughs> Fitness, all this, like forget about it. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, do you uh, recognize that these two merge together to make the ultimate glorifying God through your body? Doesn't, again, doesn't mean you have to be a meathead. Doesn't mean you have to squat 315, you know, um, or, or 405. Not only or, that, but like, not only do they go, not, 
do they go together in that way? But also chastity gets easier when, when you take care of your body, right? Like we're, right. we are mind, body, and soul. And we're, we're a unity, yeah. right? So it's the Catholic both and, as we often say, like it's not, it's not one or the other. It's, it's, it, it all goes together. We, we, we have to live a holistic life, right? So you hear like holistic medicine. Like I, I love the, the, the principle. We, we, have to, we have to see the entire body, what we're made for and, and how things work together. And when we understand that, we will, we will live a, a holistic life that, that glorifies God, right? The, the mission, as we exactly. heard in the gospel this past weekend, to love God above all things with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, right? Like, how do you do it? It all goes together. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I want to break that down real quick for everybody, kind of using the seven pillars and, and just kind of talk about, you know, another thing that we wanted to mention was just like, why, why is it that people neglect to do this? Why do people neglect to, to really search out the purpose behind the things that they're called to do? and not take time to figure out their why and their purpose. And so thinking about that, so we broke it down for the physical aspect of it, but also think about like, why do I have my mind? That is why we promote, like your mind is there to help you make decisions, right? And I think that if we could teach people to do one thing really well, as a parent, as a leader, whatever, as you're forming individuals, if you can help people to do one thing well, if you can teach them to make great decisions, they're going to most likely be very successful in life, right? And they're going to be saints. They're going to be great people. Like they're going to thrive if you're able to make great decisions. And how do you train your mind to be able to make great decisions. Well, you have to have mental toughness. You have to be a lifelong learner and be soaking up wisdom and knowledge as best you can from people. Also means you have to take care of your soul, right? And have a well-formed conscience so you can make those good decisions. Thinking about your relationships. What is the purpose, you know, going to the emotional uh, pillar of the, of the seven pillars? Why do you have your relationships? Why do you have your friendships? What is the purpose of those? And how are you executing that purpose? You know, and what do you do to bring that to life? And then thinking about your finances, right? This is what leads millennials i know like my generation like it blows my mind how often i talk to people who either don't tithe at all or they just you know are very very uh it's on the back burner you know like whatever's in the wallet that day which is almost nothing nowadays because we don't even carry cash right so people don't tithe and they're not giving and they're not generous with it. but why do you have the money that you have is it just yours or how much of that needs to go back to god and like what is the purpose of you experiencing those gifts it can't just be for you and so thinking about that how do i glorify god through my finances um, and then just thinking about the why for your profession. Why do you have your job? Why did you choose to do what you do? If you don't know that, that's how you're going to get bored and find no purpose in your life. You know, but even the most meaningless tasks can, can become purposeful if we understand why we're doing them and we strive to glorify God through them. And then thinking about socially as well, like you're, you're a citizen. Why do you live in America? Why do you choose to be a part of the community that you're a part of? And how can you best glorify God and best become the, you know, the person that you were created to be most fully through the, the social circumstances that you find yourself in? And obviously thinking about your spiritual life. And we, we hit on that pretty hard earlier. But, you know, for me, you know, Father Chase, I think the main reason why people don't want to figure out their own personal why is, is that, you know, you talk about the philosophy of life. People don't like thinking about these kind of diff, more difficult, deep topics. And I think that the more and more we start to numb our brain and the more and more that we have distractions with things, you know, I say numb our brain with things like scrolling on social media or just binge watching Netflix, right? And uh, we have all these different distractions. Like it blows my mind how much I get distracted by my phone or my Apple watch going off or just, you know, all these different things. I'm, I'm almost constantly distracted, but I know I'm most at peace. My life is most organized when I have that time to sit back, relax and think. And it's kind of a sad thing that we don't really let ourselves get bored anymore. We don't let ourselves wonder anymore. We don't like, as soon as we want to know something, we Google it. As soon as we like, we don't give our brains the exercise that they need in thinking about problems and thinking about difficult topics. Everybody says shy away from talking about religion and politics, these more difficult conversations. Well, we need to be having those so that we can think more deeply and understand some of the, you know, values and principles and philosophies and things like that. Nathan, let's break it down like this. You asked the question, what is the reason 
or, or using that, 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 that word, why, why is it that people don't take the time to figure out their why? Yeah. I'm just going to break it down in one, everything you just said in one word, it's just, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard to think, right? Thinking is hard work. Yeah. And, and so that the, the, you talk about the intellectual part, yo, it's, it's hard because <laughs> you, because not only that, is it not only hard to do the hard work of thinking through things, it's also hard to then, you, you know, mind and soul together, mind and heart together. It's, it's also hard to then make a decision with your will, right? You have to choose that. If you, if you thought through something and you, mm. you perceive truth and your why changed, that means conversion. Yeah. Right. Now, again, why is fear if, of what if, you if might find why out. Change, I, I hear all the time people saying, oh, I don't want to pray. I don't, I'm, I'm too scared of what God's going to say to me. <laughs> right. Bro, that, that is not wanting to know the why. That, that, yep. is, that is blinding yourself to, to, to what God has in store. And I, I get it. Like, I, I was there. It, it's scary. It's scary to think that God might call you to something greater that, that the world doesn't perceive as great. Right. It, yep. it, it is scary to, to say that, that my entire philosophy of life for the past 20 years has been has been off maybe not completely wrong but, yeah. but like that foundational why was 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 off it's off kilter and if i change that like my life is going to change and so it's it's so hard it's it is hard and uh but but we have to we have to remember that if we're not authentically living our why then then we're we're not we're not living complete authenticity yet our our our, our humanity is not really is not arrived at, at our authenticity there's still, there's still something more wanting and there's, there's still something in our life that's, that's unsatisfied. Absolutely. And, and one thing that Simon Sinek really hits on a lot is that we, he, he recognizes from a secular standpoint how much we need that purpose. And especially the generation that the generations that are coming up now are really kind of uh, more dependent on that than I think, you know, like you look at like World War II generations of people where like people would just go to work and do manual labor for eight hours a day. And it was like, I'm doing this to feed my family and like, I just do this, my job It's pointless, whatever, you know, <laughs> they didn't care and they were just fine with right. it. They just did what they were told to do because they were told to do it. But now like we, we really want to know why we have to do something and we question the purpose of things. And uh, for a lot of people, it, it can be hard, I think. And one thing that Simon really hits on is that you have to give, you have to give your life some time to develop some purpose sometimes, right? Like you're not going to always be, you know, I mean, even when I was, I've worked in ministry and the things that I've done, even in the army, you know, like I had to tell, I was talking to a cousin recently on the phone and he's like, I don't want to do this job that I feel like doesn't matter is pointless. So I'm like, people look at, at being a, a ranger in the army and they're like, Oh man, what a purpose filled driven life. I'm like, dude, go sit with a soldier for a day. You know, like there's been some funny, <laughs> some funny like YouTube videos and stuff made of like, what is a soldier? If like they made call of duty, actual like day-to-day life of a soldier you know <laughs> it's like yeah. today i filled up the fuel cans and waited outside right. the, you know the cop for two hours waiting on a task to do you know and then like i'm like i, I told my cousin i'm like bro i once i once picked rocks out of grass like they were just like yeah like go over there and if you find any stones in the grass like pick them up and collect them like that's what they, they didn't have anything for us to do Dude, you know you, were you ever on like feces duty where you had to like go burn those holes Oh no, I didn't have to burn the poop. Uh, luckily, as an officer, Dude, I was probably I probably I've should heard have of these stories. Yeah, but people did have to burn the poo poo. Yeah, that was a uh, oh dude. Yeah, marinating. You talk about a rough I can't freaking imagine. day. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's not all glorious and it's not all beautiful, and and that's what people have to realize right. is that there's still ordinary aspects to a purpose driven life, you know, and we have to be willing to accept those, but also not be so low on our standards that we're not looking for that purpose-driven life and always seeking to understand how can I make my life more purposeful 
and really fulfill my potential in all these different areas that we talk about. How did you develop that, right? How do, how do you develop, you know, that, that why, even when you're doing like the, the most meaningless task in, in the military, in the army, like how, how did you develop that, that why, or how can, how can people develop that in, 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 in their seemingly, as, as we often describe our own lives, like seemingly boring lives, how can we do it? Right. And I think, I think one of the things you actually, you actually pointed this out a couple of weeks ago is that finding areas that you're deficient in, like leaning on other people who are strong in those areas, right? So you talk about like right. your desire to have a vision and you share with me that you don't feel like you're always the best at creating a vision, right? right. But what Simon Sinek has taught you too is that you can kind of jump onto somebody else's vision. And that's been one of the things that's really helped me is how do I make, luckily before I went to Ranger School and had to pick the rocks out of grass and, and try to find purpose in some of those things is I read the book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And so Viktor Frankl was in uh, the Holocaust, you know, he was a psychologist in the Holocaust and talked about how, you know, we, we have a choice between stimulus and response where we can choose our attitude, you know, and we can choose our outlook on things. And so for me, I always just, you know, you can use those times to pray or to think about, you know, to, to train myself to be able to turn my brain off while doing these menial tasks and think about other things, you know, think about what I'm going to write to my mom in a letter later on or some of my thoughts or just thinking about through life, you know, what type of person do I want to marry? Like just these random thoughts, you know, what kind of right. man do I want to become? What kind of father do I want to be thinking about these more yes. powerful things that deserve our time, but we often don't give them time. So when I have time that I have to do something pointless or, or menial, then I can do that. But I can also, also attach myself to somebody like St. Joseph, you know, who the patron saint of workers and just somebody who, you know, did carpentry and did it for the sake of the Lord, literally to provide for Jesus and Mary. Um, you know, what a gift to be able to unite, to call them into those moments and to be able to say, you know, I'm becoming, I'm training myself for sainthood by doing these repetitive, you know, boring tasks. I'm doing it for the glory of God. And when you can approach it or you offer it up or you sacrifice it for somebody else, you know, and that's what was so big about me writing somebody's name at the top of my notebook every day in ranger school was every time I had to climb the mountain again or, you know, get smoked or whatever it was, I was doing it so that, you know, my sacrifices would be, would be for them ultimately. And I think that that's so important for us to be willing to do that and to sacrifice for other people in that way and understand, you know, like, that these these less than less than glorious tasks that we have to do are still are still worthy of our of our time and um, yeah we can still we can still make something out of them. One, one thing I told my soldiers all the time was nobody can waste your time but you. I took a book everywhere that I went in the army, and so if I had to wait for an extra forty five minutes, I was reading. I was always trying to grow, you know, wow. striving to have good conversations with the people around me and not just waste my time. But only, only you can waste your time is what I tell people. You know, if you have a book, you have something with you. If you choose to scroll on Instagram, because that's what other people did when we were sitting out in the field waiting to get to the range because we had two hours to wait until the next platoon got off the range. I was reading, you know, and then I would talk to people about what I had read. And so I grew a lot during those times where a lot of people would just waste the time and scroll on social media or whatever they might be doing. And you had a, you had a different why, right? Yeah, you, you had a and I knew purpose. that. Yep, and I saw, I mean, and, and that's the thing, like you had to experience this as well. And you talk about this more in the Holy Happy Hour of just how much time you spent in prayer in Chile, you know, figuring out what your calling was. And that's the, the aspect that people want this, you know, people will see people like us. And they want to say, oh, I want to be passion driven. I want to be, you know, purpose driven and passionate and all this stuff. And it's like, there was a lot of work that went into that. You know, there's a lot of prayer yeah. time that went from taking it from my head to my heart, you know, like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours in that good old IC chapel at Mount St. Mary's University, you know, <laughs> where we both grew big yeah. time spiritually. You know, and I would also, I would just add to, to what everything that you said, you know, and, and, and add to people saying, what, what were you doing in that chapel? Like, like, what were you doing in that prayer? Honestly, I didn't know what I was doing in prayer. I, I, I that was when I was first beginning to like form that, that, that true personal relationship with, with Jesus. 
But in that prayer, I was asking the question why, and that's what I would encourage people to do. Ask you, ask yourself, like I started asking a question that if I was in a different state and I've heard a lot of, again, a lot of young people asking this question, but that it's not healthy, but I was asking it in a healthy way. Like, Lord, why am I on earth? Why am I even here? Yeah. Why, why, why do I even exist? Like the biggest philosophical questions that you can think of, like go into that, like answer that question. That question changed my life is, is mm-hmm. knowing why am I even here? Why am I even here? Why do I have the opportunities that I have? Why am I playing professional soccer in, in South America when, my, when nobody else is here with me, right? Like all my other buddies, they, they might play somewhere else. They may stay, whatever. But why am, why am I, like keep asking those questions. Let's get underneath. And, and if we want to start with smaller things, Ask yourself why you do the things that you do in life. Th- think of your, your, your five um, best or worst habits and say, why am I doing these things? What, why do I do it? Yep. And, and, and getting to the bottom of that, like until we get to the root of that, then, then like I say often in confessions, then we're just dealing with symptoms, man. We're, we're, not, we're not actually dealing with substance. We're, we're, just, we're just on the level of symptoms, right? And you can't That's cure it. a disease. You can't cure a disease if you're, just, if you're just giving Tylenol to cancer, man. You're just, you're just taking care of a headache. What you don't know is you've got a tumor underneath. It's got to be dealt with. And if we can get there, we now have new life, right? Yep. So let's, let's get underneath. The why question gets underneath the surface. It might be uncomfortable, but that's where we need to go if we want to live life. Boom. That's it, baby. That's my chaplain right there, everybody. That's my chaplain right there. That was me. That was great. So we'll end it up. We'll, we'll wrap it up with that for, for this episode. That was outstanding. I know I had a ton of fun talking to you today, which is what I wanted us to have fun. Because when you're selling somebody on being their, your chaplain, after you just forced that position to prompt them, you got to make sure they have a good time. You know, like the pressure was high today to make sure we had a good time. So thank you. Uh, very much for your time today. Yeah, no, this was great. Absolutely. So we suggest, you know, everybody go on uh, those who seek.org is the website. You can go on there, subscribe to our weekly newsletter, follow us on Instagram at seeking 365. That's also our Facebook page. And then of course, subscribe to our podcast. So that you never miss any episodes with my man, father, chase myself, father, Meyer, or any other guests that we have on the podcast. So great seeing you today, my man. So good to be with you and uh, blessings to all the listeners. Hopefully we can uh, give more substance that, that help people live their life to, uh, with great excellence. Amen.